Do you have any type of horror stories for us that you could like? You don't have to name names, but like, what are some of your? Uh, I was I was once told. I'm trying to think how it, it was a while ago, but we were told we went into a home. Most of my customers are very wealthy people, um, but we were told when we went into the home that they wanted the second floor of the place cleaned, and uh, they said, you know, okay, fine agreed to the price and everything we went to go up the stairs and they said oh no 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 the help has to use the back stairs <laughs> and these were stairs we were going to be cleaning in a matter of you know an hour or two we would actually be cleaning the stairs we would have been carrying everything up and it was one of the only times i actually just left a job it, it just it rubbed me the wrong way i couldn't deal with it um and then you punched her in the throat and got in your van and left Ooh, I love throat punch stories. Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends, the podcast that takes a break from talking Star Wars movies to talk about Star Wars TV shows. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Mike Bradley. Hello. Andy Stoles is back. Ah, uh, scrolling title something or another, huh? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> and probably at some point later, we'll be joined by Josh Zorch. He he wasn't too into the uh, the Star Wars talk we'll probably be talking about, but he's going to be back later. Uh, but other than that, uh, we're kind of back from the holiday. Christmas is done. New Year's is done. How was everybody's holiday? I'm asking you guys, not the listeners. Listeners can't answer me. <laughs> Fantastic. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Andy's been away for a while, so we finally got Andy back on the show after a couple weeks. Yeah. You missed it, right? You were sad. I was very <laughs> sad. <laughs> We couldn't. I was surprised you didn't see Rogue One as quickly as you did. I, I know. I was. I was really thinking about going to see it um, opening night, but it just put it off then. And then, like the next weekend, I put it off. And then the weekend after that, I was like, "What the hell? Why am I? Why have I not seen this movie like four times already?" <laughs> <laughs> you could have if you waited four weeks. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. Honestly. I mean, honestly, after having watched it three times in about I think four days. When it came out, I wish I had spaced it out more. <laughs> you know, because like now I feel like I'd go in and I'd just be bored. It, you know, through a lot of it because it's all just like, you know, watch the same movie four times in any month, and you're gonna be like, okay, yeah, you know. So Although I haven't seen it since like opening day, so now I'm like kind of I'm thinking like I kind of want to go back. Like I, I feel like I'm ready. <laughs> so yeah, I have to I have to talk to some friends, see if there's anybody else out there that still hasn't seen it. That's like, well, you haven't gone yet. I'll totally go with you. What the hell? <laughs> Always got to look for that excuse. Um, all right. So going into this episode, I didn't really have much of a plan. I think, you know, we're all sort of kind of recovering from the holiday and trying to get back in the routine and work and all that crap. So I thought it might be a little bit more of a relaxed, casual show. Uh, and then sort of with that in mind, I thought it would be a good idea to do another one of the like, what's up with you episodes or segments that we've done in the past and just kind of catch up with everybody. However, like yesterday, I think, or the day before, uh, Disney decided to drop a mid-season trailer for season three for Star Wars Rebels. 
And now we feel like we got to cover that at least for a little bit because especially after Rogue One and some of the Rogue One tie-ins, like now this is at the forefront of Star Wars. The Rogue One hype has, has sort of come and gone now that the movie's been out for a while and they're gearing up for the next wave of Star Wars content, which is going to hit with Ro- with uh, Rebels, which I guess by the time this comes out, the, the, the show will have come back because it hits this Saturday. We're recording Thursday night, so two days before. Um, so yeah, we're going to probably start with that trailer. Which gives us our first look at the back half of Season 3 of Rebels. Uh, it looks like we're going to get a few more Rogue One connections, some connections to the Clone Wars animated series, and I think they're they're teasing a rematch, I think, that we've all been waiting to see. Uh, so let's get into the trailer. What did you guys think, and what sort of stood out to you from the trailer? Well, um, I, I would say immediately the rematch you're talking about, where, where we get the shot at the end of the trailer with old Ben and Darth Maul um, that 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 to me was all I would have needed to see in the trailer like yeah, the other really. stuff awesome that's all they had to do and I was hooked for the second half of this season yeah um, it makes me a little bit sad I think we discussed this earlier briefly it was mentioned that I guess this means we're not gonna get the obi-wan and Darth Maul movie. Yeah, you know, point. we've been wondering, like, all the hype around, like, Ewan McGregor saying he'd come back, everyone clamoring for an Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone movie, and everyone, I think, at least I did, I kind of assumed if they were going to do an Obi-Wan movie, it would be this. It would be Darth Maul tracking Obi-Wan to Tatooine, and the two of them finally settling their score, and we're all trying to figure out why Disney wasn't pulling the trigger on a seemingly no-brainer spinoff movie, and this is why, probably because they had this plan in the works probably for at least a year or two, right? Between animation and getting the story hashed out for Rebels. So, like, that, you know, that's a surefire way. So now if they actually do an Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone movie, I don't know what the hell it would be. Yeah, really. I I guess you could do whatever happens after Rebels until New Hope. So, I mean, like, I don't know if there's that much more story there, unless it's just, like, him dealing with random shit on Tatooine, not necessarily, like, Darth Maul or anything, but just, I don't but. know. I guess he could. They're they're always doing gangstery things. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could always he, he... show what happens to Obi-Wan before he becomes the um, Padawan for Qui-Gon. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, if they want to use Ewan McGregor, oh, like, he's true. aged to the point where he could be old Ben. Like, if they did a younger Obi-Wan old? story. I mean, he's not right where Alec, he's not where Alec Guinness is, but, I mean, we don't have Alec Guinness. We don't have Alec Guinness. We have Ewan McGregor, who would come back as Obi-Wan, who I think did an excellent job as Obi-Wan. So I think oh, if you yeah. just give him the makeup and the, and the gray beard and the gray hair, I think that could work. I mean, I want to see it, I you know. But I don't know that we're going to get it at this point because it really is hard to contrive another storyline unless what we see there is a tease to the movie. I mean, for all we know, that's not going to culminate with Rebels. Oh, that would be such a dick punch if (laughs) they show it in the trailer and they're like, oh, nope, you're not going to get it here. Disney is a bunch of unethical dick punchers, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They should put that on the posters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, what what do you mean like Star Wars Episode Eight? It's a brought to you by dick. a bunch of dick punchers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I we mean, say that, but this is the company that did like save Star Wars and give us a Star Wars movie for the, <laughs> yeah. every year for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I'm not complaining about what Disney's doing with Star Wars. They're massaging yeah. my dick. They're not <laughs> punching me in the dick. <laughs> All right, I, I think we need to move on from this stuff. Because <laughs> this, yeah. this is Disney Disney we're talking about here. They make mostly stuff for kids. Uh, That's true. They might not appreciate my analogy there. No, no. Any sponsorship we may have had from Disney in the future is gone. <laughs> <laughs> true that. Um. All right, yeah. So we we will get. I'm I'm assuming we're we're assuming we're gonna get the eventual rematch with Obi Wan and Darth Maul, which is gonna be. I mean, they've been leading to that in, during this season. So, yeah, I'm figuring that'll probably culminate. I don't know how early we'll get that. I feel like it's gonna end the season. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be the uh, cliffhanger. Well, it's also old Ben too, because I mean he like they, he's not. They quite that old. I don't think at the beginning of Rebels. I think that's going to be almost like a future thing, isn't it? Well, the the transmission that we get, the hologram that is in Kanan's holocron, is, is basically the message he gave in Revenge of the Sith. So that right. would have been like 20 years or, earlier. Yeah. Okay. So that's why he looks a, a lot younger then. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see how they play it out. Yeah. Because... I was actually, and I've tried listening to the trailer a couple times. The I don't know where they get the like who does the voice for oh, Obi Wan. It's like spot on with Al Guinness. I was like, what the yeah. hell? And yeah. I don't know if it's just like that one line that they like just took clips of like Alec Guinness's like dialogue from A New Hope and just cut it up or or melded it together to make a sentence. And if that's how they're gonna do it, this could be crazy, uncanny. I mean. All you have to know about that is look at, like, Frank Caliendo. I mean, yeah, he's, a, a, a impressionist he's out there, good, Kevin yeah. Pollock. I mean, yeah. there's guys out there that can really nail a voice down. <laughs> Kevin Pollock so, doing, um, oh, God, what's his name? Alan Arkin. He does Alan Arkin really well, and he does uh, Christopher Walken really well, too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, because, like, they, the, there is a line of dialogue in The Force Awakens that uses old Ben's voice, and they cut up Alec Guinness to say the name Ray. They didn't right. get a voice actor to emulate Alec Guinness. They used dialogue and cut it up to make it sound like him. In The Force Awakens? So conceivably, what? In The Force Awakens? Yeah. yeah. At the end of yeah. Ray's vision, it's a, like you hear a voice that is Obi-Wan's. Well, it starts out old Ben, he says Ray, and then these are your first steps. And these are your first steps was Ewan McGregor, and Ray was audio compilation of Alec Guinness. Huh. Like, I think they took him saying afraid and morphed it into Ray. So, conceivably, if they wanted to, they could cut up a bunch of dialogue like that. But yeah, I think if if Obi-Wan is going to talk in this show and use a lot more new dialogue and not necessarily be able to rehash stuff he said in A New Hope, that yeah, they, it probably would be easier to get some sort of... Uh, voice actor to do Alec Guinness. But yeah, whatever yeah. they did was fucking spot on. I I couldn't believe how good it sounded. Yeah, I mean they are good at finding things like that when they want to. Yeah. So if it's I, I really think there's going to be a good bit of dialogue there, so I would doubt that we're going to see it be the mashup, but I guess we won't know till we know. But yeah, I, I I don't think Darth Maul's gonna land and just clash, you know. 
So yeah, yeah. All right. So let's let's sort of spin there. Do you, do we think that uh, Darth Maul is going to die? It's a good question. Because we um, obviously know Obi Wan lives, and I feel like this is going to be a fight to the death. I don't see one of them like them just parting ways and walking away. So I feel like Obi Wan's got to put him down for good, right? You would think. I I mean I kind of thought he was dead after Phantom Menace. So fuck. Yeah, he cuts him in, in half for a second time, and then Maul comes back somewhere later down the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say, we're going to have to see, like, a lightsaber straight through the forehead and out the back to be like, okay, <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. There's no question this time. He didn't miss any organs by stabbing him in the chest. He didn't, you know, he's definitely dead. Or he'll just um, he'll chop him in half vertically. Oh, uh, yeah, cut him in half the other way. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't then be he, any then coming back from that. He will have got, at least got half of drawn and quartered done for yeah. Darth Maul over the day. <laughs> so, I mean, it, who knows? I mean, honestly, part of me hopes that they just do end it and eliminate that hope of some ridiculous cyborg Darth Maul showing up later. <laughs> yeah. Because it would, would, however it ends, he would be cut up even more. Like, he'd lose an arm or both arms or something. He would be even worse off. <laughs> Robo Maul. Poor man's yeah. Darth Vader. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and I, I don't think I want that. You know, like, I if I was going to get Darth Maul back, you know, okay, so the robot legs and everything, fine, just go ahead and have it be a shocker turn up later. But with yeah. everything we've already gotten, it's kind of like, end it. You know, I want to see it end. I, and they, they're they going to have to play Duel of the Fates, right? If they fight, like, that's the song choice they oh, have hell to yes. use. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah, anything, hopefully they do that. Anything less would be... I'm just uncivilized. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, good word. Good word. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of like, you know, we brought up the voice acting for everyone. Voice acting for Saw Gerrera is actually going to be Forrest Whitaker. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually really surprised they were able to get him for this show. That's fantastic. It's, it's really cool. Well, what, one of the surprises, even if you look at Rogue One, was that... Uh, Felicity Jones was the highest paid actor or actress in the movie. And that's impressive simply because Forrest Whitaker was in the movie. Yeah. There was nobody else there that was going to be a really high paid person in that movie. But Forrest Whitaker can pretty much demand whatever he wants to do a movie these days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not going to get Leonardo DiCaprio money, but he can get a lot. And yeah, he wasn't in the movie a tremendous amount, though. Yeah. Right, but I mean, it, it, the thing with Felicity Jones in the movie was she was the only person that made seven figures. Oh, wow, okay. Which means he took less than a million dollars to do this movie. And just that, that, that to me is just incredible. So maybe he's dropping his price because he really likes doing stuff with Star Wars. Or, maybe he's a fan. Or maybe they, maybe. Ca maybe they caught him with some kind of contract to get him in future Disney movies. Or, I mean, it could, could have be. just been like, hey, if you're going to play this character, you also have to play him. We have a plan for him in animated form. You have to come and do a voice. And I feel like traditionally actors almost like doing voiceover work because it's like a couple days work and they still get paid for that. Yeah, they can roll up in their fucking boxers. Yeah. Like, it's it's a little bit less labor intensive than actually being on set and being in costume for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, that his Saw Guerrero was probably fairly labor-intensive with everything they had to do with him for that. Right, yeah. I, so. I had one gripe about 
Rogue One, it's not spoilery. Um, not to interrupt the Rebel talk, but did the Darth Vader helmet bug you guys, like right around the neck area? The Darth Vader's helmet? Yeah. No. Like the transition from like like the helmet to the neck to the chest, like really bugged me for some reason. It didn't look right. Too long or something? Yeah, or, or, or like it was exposed, or, or it didn't look like the like because I watched a New Hope after it, and I'm like, it, it didn't look like that at all. So I don't know. It looked it looked um flim flammy. <laughs> That's the first I've heard of that word. <laughs> Well, I, I would say they probably just had somebody with a longer neck in the in the suit maybe? costume, yeah, instead of David yeah. Prowse. I don't know, but that was my only like gripe about the movie. Okay, are you excited to see uh, Saw Gerrera in Rebels after you've seen him in Rogue One? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm hoping we get a little bit more backstory because they didn't really flesh him out too much in the movie. Yeah. Well, they did flesh him out in Rogue One. He got a lot bigger. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, like he's like less crazy in this one too. Like the even like in the trailer, it doesn't seem like he's like mumbling and whispering like Forrest Whitaker was doing. So, hopefully, we'll actually be able to understand what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it. The thing is, I mean, it, what they did in the Clone Wars with Saw Gerrera, and now we're gonna see him again, older in Rebels, and we see what he ends up as in Rogue One. Are we going to see what happens to him? Or like why he gets why he becomes mechanical and needs the yeah, breathing are, thing? Right. Are we going to see that some tragic accident here happen, or is it going to be just left up in the air? That's like, a good point. I I think I yeah I th- I feel like you'd almost have to because I feel like this would ram right up into Rogue One. Like it's got to be a year or two away. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 that's what bothered me about the trailer for the, this second half of the season, I was kind of like, so he's still not in that suit, so okay, maybe we're going to see it. How many more years of Rebels did they plan? Uh, that was actually going to be a question for me, is I don't I don't actually know if they've confirmed, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last season. Really? Yeah. I, I don't see, I don't, at the very most, I can see them doing one more. I think season four would be it. I think you may get the end of this season and then maybe, like, instead of a 45-minute special like they do usually to open the seasons, maybe get an hour, hour and a half special. Oh, like a, like a movie? To end the series. A movie. Star Wars Rebels finale movie. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, they do I'd the long that. one to open each season, so yeah. I could see them doing a long one to close the whole series. Yeah, and I think if they did that, it would pretty much run right into Rogue One. Right, that's what I mean. Like it, explaining how she becomes a general, um, if it's referring to her, I guess. Because um, Andy, know, I don't know it, if you saw. Did you see the ghost in Rogue One? Uh, I did not, but I watched YouTube videos that pointed it out afterwards, and yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, that is the thrusters for the <laughs> ghost." And they mention uh, General Sindula at the base. I did not catch that though. They they mentioned that also in the YouTube video and I did not catch yeah. that in the movie. So, I guess Chopper I have to up. see it again. Oh, darn my luck. Oh, I'll go with you. You want to go? <laughs> it what like honestly, once you watch all those things to show you where to look and when to look for them, they're pretty obvious. You'll notice them. I bet. It, well, Chopper honestly, the first time I didn't notice them at all. The second time I looked for it and I was like, I don't think that was Chopper. And the third time I got to see it and it was like 
oh, that totally was. <laughs> and <laughs> so it, it was interesting to see that. The General Syndulla thing, I've seen the movie three times. Brian even tapped me at one point when I watched it with him and said, oh, did you hear they said General Syndulla? And I'm like, no, I didn't catch it. Because <laughs> um, it's just like in the background on a PA speaker. Like, it's not... Oh, okay. Like paging, mentioned paging in... Dr. Syndulla. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. essentially it. Yeah, like it, it it's not a major thing at all. It, you know, so it's very easy to miss. Yeah, I think I can tell you exactly when it happens too. I think after that last meeting at the at the base on Yavin before they decide to go to Scarif, when when Jin comes out of that meeting and she's walking towards the camera, they play that over top of like you hear hear them calling for General Sundula over top of that. Okay, I'll have to listen for it. Um so back to Rebels, one thing I'm pretty excited about is uh, some more story regarding the Black Saber that uh, the Mandalorians have, or uh, yeah, Sabine yeah. in general, yes. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm glad they're finally getting to Mandalore. Like, we got a little bit of Sabine's backstory with the Mandalorians when she's crossed path with a couple, um, but they're actually going to, it looks like they're going to go to Mandalore on this one. Yeah. And we've got a lot of Mandalore I mean, on in the Clone Wars. Yeah, and like the little yeah. uh, um, romance thing that Obi Wan actually had with the the Queen of Mandalore. Satine. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite storylines. Is like their yeah. dynamic. It, it, the other thing with Sabine, if you notice, it was very brief in the trailer, but she actually does have a lightsaber in her hands, fighting. Yeah, at I think some point during that trailer, she's. I think that's with, Ezra's. She's training with either Ezra or Kanan, though, isn't she? She trains that was with, with the black saber. Oh, okay. Yeah, she trains trailer. trains with Kanan with the with the black saber. I think she's using Ezra's lightsaber at some. Oh, point. okay, nice. The the black yeah, like like the blaster gonna... saber or whatever. No, like his he has no, the no, green he one. has a different one now. Okay, he, he the blaster one's gone. Um, in the trailer, it looks like like it must be tied to the like there must be an episode or a couple episode arc about her, you know, taking up ruler. Like the ruler mantle of the Mandalorians, because like think right, whoever had the the dark saber was the one that was sort of in charge. Like they could sort of set the rules right, and they would always be challenged, type of thing. I I don't know if that I was thought that for, was the military. Yeah, I don't know if that was for all of Mandalore. I thought it was just for that okay. one. What was the sect that was causing all the problems in Clone Vizsla, or the the um pre oh shit. pre Vizsla Death Watch. Yeah, Death Watch. I thought it was just Death yeah, Watch. Whoever Death Watch. controlled the black saber controlled. Okay, Death Watch. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the case. They even mentioned in the trailer, like, I think Kanan tells her that, you know, the minute you wield this, you're going to be challenged. And that's why they're training, because he's expecting people to come after her. Right. And then there's a shot later in the trailer of her igniting the green lightsaber, which I think is Ezra's. And the shot right after that is her wielding the lightsaber, coming at someone, it looks like in Mandalorian armor, wielding the black saber. So maybe she loses it and has to get it back. So she challenges him again, and the only weapon she can use against it is a lightsaber. Hmm. So Could Ezra kind of like lets her borrow it. It's, it. That's what I'm inferring from the trailer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say that's a good assumption. Um, I, I did notice the guy with the black saber that was coming at her when I watched it. I just kind of noticed her with the lightsaber, and it drew my attention to you know just be like, oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. And. I lost focus for a minute there because it was just like, oh, wait. So so I have not had a chance to watch the first half of uh, season three yet. It's been pretty badass. Oh, it's been good. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm hoping not, we didn't spoil anything for you now that we've just been I don't, talking about it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember anything that you guys said that I was like, <gasps> so. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I still really like the show. I think it's they're they're hitting more interesting storylines. I think as the seasons go on. Yeah. Although now that I think about it, I don't know if there's too much in the first half of the season that really sticks out to me. Assuming... The last episode did. I mean that with Maul and. Oh yeah, you get like the 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 trailer we're watching now, seeing Maul show up going after Obi Wan. Like, there's a lot of lead up to that. Okay. Yeah. In the first half of the season. Yeah, I'm assuming this yes. is going to deal a lot with uh, Ezra and his his balance between the dark and the light, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll come into play. Yeah, I mean, and there's... I don't want to spoil anything for Andy, so I'm not going to get in-depth about it, but there is one episode that stood out pretty well to me um, that we can discuss at a later time, but it, it was, to me, a very a very good episode. It was it, the last uh, one was... In the middle of the season? Or in the middle of the first half? Or Yeah, kind of. Um, I couldn't tell you the number of the episode. Um, I don't pay that much attention to that stuff, but it was, it was the Thrawn episode. Um, the, I think he appears in the first episode and then like the fourth or fifth. Yeah. He's sort of a little bit sporadic. Yeah. It was like the the second time Thrawn was there. Okay. I think I know which one you're about. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. That was pretty good. Actually, yeah. speaking of Thrawn, that was another one that I'm not actually sure. I was going to take guesses to see if you guys think he's going to if he's going to survive the series. Because this is another character that is fairly well known as far as like Star Wars lore is concerned, but at the yes. time period that they've dropped him in, prior to the original trilogy, he's obviously not around or mentioned during the original trilogy. So, does he die, or do they just send him away somewhere? I was going to say we may see a defection of some sort. You know, you never know. You know, like you may well, see something thing, like that. He may like, die. I think the way he worked in the the old canon was that Thrawn showed up after Return of the Jedi. It was like five years after Return of the Jedi. He was out in the unknown regions, like fighting his own war against stuff and keeping crap at bay out there. And then by the time he returned, like the Empire was in shambles, and then he was able to sort of bring it back together and become a formidable force against the Rebel Alliance. Um. I could see something maybe like that happening, like, you know, in the new timeline, in the new canon. Like, maybe somewhere after the season or, or however they get around him or, or something. I don't know. Maybe there's just more pressing matters that he has to deal with somewhere else. Maybe out in the unknown regions or something if they try to play that card again. And he can sort of just go off there and deal with that. And then by the time they want to use him later, they can bring him back in that gap that's in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens and sort of find something to do with him again there. I feel like it's a... For being such a fan of the character that I am, I feel like it would be a little bit of a wasted opportunity to have him show up in the show a few times and then just kill him off in the show. I I would like to see more of Thrawn somewhere yeah. else. I mean, the Empire, the Emperor might send him to, like, the Siberia of the Star Wars universe, you know, where he's just, like, in nowhere's land, like guarding some pipeline or some kind of shit like that, you know, who knows? I guess, yeah, if we're going to assume that Thrawn's eventual plan against the Rebel Alliance fails, maybe he just gets demoted to the point where they just take him out of rank and throw him off somewhere. Yeah, you know. So like, that could, I could see that that could work. It, yeah, maybe the Emperor sends him to 
figure out how to chart the route to Tython. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, for those who don't know, uh, supposedly unfindable um, origin planet of the Sith uh, <laughs> that, you know, the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The light speed paths have not been Hyper- properly Hyper- laid out hyperspace? and they're constantly changing. Hyperspace, hyperspace yes, lanes. Yeah, the hyperspace lanes are, the maps and everything for them are gone. Nobody, no, they know where it is, but they don't know how to get there clearly and send him to figure it out because he pisses off the Emperor. You know, like, let him risk his life trying to remap this area. Yeah. Some, something like that. Maybe not as specifically Titan, but something like that, yeah. So should we go on, try to go on record? Do we just, I'll just go around. Do you, Mike, do you think Thrawn will survive Rebels? Um, my number one theory would be that he's in prison. Ooh. Okay. I like it. Uh, Andy, what do you got? You think he's going to die? You think he's going to survive and just be waiting in the wings somewhere? I am going to say he's going to be dead. Okay. Uh, I don't know. My gut kind of says he's going to die, but I'm crossing my fingers they save him for something later. I, I agree with that. That's why I'm hoping prison and... He's a part of the first order we haven't seen yet. I hope that he lives. Ooh. I just, it just, I really think he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I actually would think Thrawn and Maul will probably bite it in this season. I, yeah. It's actually day in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that's if if they actually do go forward and kill both of these main Star Wars villains, I think that would sort of confirm a little bit more that season three would be it for the show. I think they still have to finish Ezra's arc. They, One way or another, they have to finish that arc. I mean, they have half of a season to do that. Yeah, which looks like we're going to spend a lot of time with Sabine and a lot of time with Maul, obviously. And I know Maul plays into that arc, but at the same time, we need to... There needs to be a definite conclusion to Ezra's arc. So... At the same time that we're asking if Ezra or if Thrawn and Maul survive, does Ezra survive? Does Kanan survive? Yeah. Um, because we have to know those things. Yeah. You can't leave that up in the air. Or maybe that's their intention and Ezra's going to turn up, just like we say we hope Thrawn does in Episode 8, Episode 9, something like that. Maybe Ezra turns up in that, in that time frame. We don't know. Yeah. But, it's still, it's still a lot of questions, I guess. But I, I do, you know... To your point, I do think they have enough time to to wrap that up if they if they want to if they're going that direction. Um, if they don't, I would imagine one more season. I think that's that's all we're gonna get. I'd be really really surprised if it goes five seasons. I f- I feel like if they try to finish Ezra's arc in the last half of this season, it's gonna be kind of a cop out finish. That's what I was thinking. Why? Just because you don't think they have enough time to do? Yeah, that? it's gonna be like oh this that the other thing like kind of offhandedly say that okay. And then you're just like, ah, uh, how underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it just, I, I feel like that's not enough because we, they didn't put any of that in the preview. You know, there's nothing there really thoroughly giving you a hint that we're going to explore that. Well, I think, I mean, at the same time, you don't want to put everything in the trailer. So I think if, if that is the plan, 
they're getting you hooked with the Obi-Wan uh, Darth Maul tease, and then the rest of it fills in. Because, honestly, that trailer probably only covered, I could see, three to five episodes. And I don't know how many are left in the season, but there's got to be twice as many. They're, yeah, I mean, they're... every season's been like 10 and 10, so. Yeah, they've been, what, yeah. 20 episodes season? Yeah. I think, yeah, think about that. Yeah, I've had to purchase them that way. It, it, it actually was frustrating. You have to purchase, like, the first half of a season and the second half of the season. Are you serious? That's bullshit. Well, I mean, the price is not doubled. You know what I mean? It's like, the price is basically half that you would pay for a season of another show. But it's still annoying to have to purchase it twice, and, you know. I guess it's just the way they release it. Do half of it now, and then just do the other half later. I mean, they do the same thing with The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's an even longer gap in between the end of the first half of the season and the second half of the season. I'd just pay one price for that. Yeah, I don't don't know then. I usually just get the Blu-ray set later. I don't... Are you doing them, like, digitally through, like, Amazon or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have. It's my only way of watching it. (laughs) So... All right. Uh, anything else uh, that stood out to you about the trailer? Otherwise, uh, we'll try to wrap this one up. Besides a um, couple of go ahead. like key phrases that Zeb has, I feel like his story arc is pretty much over, and that he is pretty much just Chewbacca comedy relief at this point. Yeah, he's the one I think that's got the least amount of stuff to do in the show. Yeah, and I but think he by always far, plays a big part. Hmm? Like, he's always there to save the day, he's always there to do the grunt work, and, you know. Although, he still has to have his, like, final showdown with the guy with the the mutton chops, right? Agent Callus? I don't know, I mean, they kind of um, parted ways. Oh, they do kind of, season two, they do kind of, like, look at each other and with respect or whatever. Yeah, they had yeah. a little bit of a truce after that. So... I think they even they they might mention it a little bit or, or refer to it at least in the first half of season three. Okay, I missed it. So maybe I don't yeah. My one thing is more of a absence in the trailer, um, and that is that they mention Fulcrum, but we do not actually see Ahsoka. No, I'm assuming um, the last time we see Ahsoka is when the temple is coming down on her and she's fighting Vader. Uh, yes. well, the, Mike, in the first half of season three, it was definitely one of the later episodes in the first half of season three. The Fulcrum name has passed to someone else. Right, but they do mention. They mention Fulcrum. They don't. You don't know they're talking about Ahsoka. Okay. Yeah. Well, I took it to mean they were talking. They were referring to the 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 person that has now adopted the name. Which you're not telling it, me because it's a spoiler. Correct. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going to mention who has is Fulcrum now, but um, I, I thought they more directly kind of stated it as Ahsoka. I mean, are we left to believe that Ahsoka is now dead? I I do think her her fate is left up in the air. Like, if they want to say she's dead, she's dead. If they want to bring her back, they'll find a way to do that. Yes, for ambiguous. Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. Is that something that if they end this? And there's not another show coming with Ahsoka somewhere where she's going to pop up in the next whatever show. See, I don't believe she'd have to show up in a show. 
Well, she'd they, have to show up somewhere. We need right. And if they if they if they really want to conclude her story in a definitive way, I think it's more likely you'll get a second Ahsoka novel, or a statement from Kanan when Ahsoka died at the temple. Uh, I yeah, mean, I mean they could do yeah some sort of line of dialogue that flat out explains whether or not you know what happened. Right, and I don't know that I necessarily would like that, but yeah, I think the the off screen line of dialogue is a cheap way to do it. I definitely think yeah. the character deserves more, whether that's something definitive in the show with her showing up again, or I think, like I said, another novel I think would work. Do you guys uh, think that we will see anything um, regarding Ventress anymore? Yeah, I don't actually know what happened, because they had a whole story arc planned for her in Clone Wars, and then the show got canceled, and they, yeah. they put a lot of her remaining story arc in a, in a book. Uh, I think it was called Dark Disciple with her and uh, Quaylen Voss teamed up hmm. in a story. Um, I don't know if that finishes her arc or if that... I, I actually didn't read the book, so I don't know where it ends and what it sets up if there's still another plan for her. Um, but yeah, she could be floating around somewhere that we don't know about. It'd be f actually be really fun to see her again. Yeah. Yeah, um... I mean, that's one I've actually seen recently. There's a very large petition out there to bring the Clone Wars back. Um, Just to wrap up missing storylines and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's one that I, I hope comes through. You know, I'd love to see them wrap things up with Ventress and a few other characters, of course, and see what happens there. Um, they would really only need what, like, one more season. Yeah, I think one, one more season of that show season, would... not that yeah. bullshit we got. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure story wise, they at least mapped out pretty much all of the la like. It would have been a full season six if they were allowed to do all the storylines they had ready to go. Yeah, they, just, they just have to focus on wrapping up and not creating new. Right. Yeah. Unlike the last season of Dexter, I mean. um... <laughs> jab, jab, jab. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else for Rebels? I think we covered covered that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting excited. Like, like uh, and then like uh, warm, like we said, I think. Blanket. Yeah, it's so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Wars. Yeah, by the blanket. time this, this <laughs> it's got to be a Star Wars blanket. We're talking yeah. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. uh, by the time this comes out. The premiere episode, I guess, of the the mid season will have aired. So I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that's what we saw. Guerrero, right? Guerrero's showing up in the in the like mid season premiere. As far that, as like that's in, what it seemed like. Yeah. Channel? Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll be able to see him early and see how long he sticks around and what they want to do with that. Um. All right. So we'll move on to uh, the uh, other segment that we're going to do. We're going to try to do the. What's up with you stuff and catch up with everybody. So now that we've talked about our obligatory Star Wars topic of the week, uh, like I said, we'll move on to the what's up with you portion. So if you haven't listened to a past episode where we've done this, it's basically a chance for us to catch up with each other, sort of what we've been watching, reading, playing, all the kind of entertainment, pop culture stuff that we're talking about. It's not always really geek related. We pretty much cover whatever we've been into lately. Um, and then sort of just to be clear with everybody, uh, what we're talking about here 
We're going to try to be very conscious of spoilers. Uh, I'm sure some of us here and probably people listening haven't seen or played or read every, anything that we're going to talk about, or we'll just assume that they haven't. It's hard, it's hard for all of us to be on the same page as what we're sort of catching up with. Um, so we're just probably going to try to talk about our own certain list of stuff and trying to give our own kind of mini review and whether or not we'd recommend it to each other, to the listeners, whoever, or, or if it's dog shit and we don't think anybody should watch it or <laughs> read it at all, we can go that way too. So, uh, if that sounds good to everyone, I don't know if we have any volunteers to go first through their lineup. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say Josh should probably go first here. I'm oh, we here. should probably introduce Josh now that he has decided to come onto the show. <laughs> That's I one exist. thing I forgot to do. I set up the <laughs> whole right. I set up the whole segment and then totally forgot. I was like, wait, we have to include Josh in this now that he's here. <laughs> I'm Josh. Terrible hosting duty. <laughs> I am I am sorry. That's no problem. Actually, uh, I can lead off the segment by saying that what I was doing during the first part of the show was watching Underworld Evolution in preparation <laughs> for the release of Blood Wars this weekend. Uh, of course. Which was. one was Evolution? Number two. Number two. Which okay, I, I think is the best out of the series. That's the one with Marcus? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then number That's th- one where he becomes like the half vampire, half werewolf thing. Uh, Correct? Yeah, well, well, My- Michael is kind of already half vampire, half werewolf. Um, yeah. yeah Mar- Marcus is the son of like the original immortal... Uh, and he's right. kind of like the Marcus is the first vampire. Uh, yeah, go back and watch those movies if you haven't seen them; they're awesome. So, so three is the prequel, right? Yes. And then three. I've I haven't yet to see four, and then this new one's five, right? It is. Uh, I probably need to try to refamiliarize myself with the fourth one, which was subtitled Awakening. It, as much as I love the series, it's definitely the absolute weak link. Okay. For me. Uh, I, I didn't think it was that, that strong, and, and I'm not sure where Blood Wars is gonna pick up the steps from and continue on. Like, there, there's, it, it's a continuation on, like, it's not another, like, delve back in time or anything. It's moving okay. forward from the end of Awakening, but, um, and there's, like, you know, a lot of returning characters from Awakening, um, that were introduced in Awakening that are in, gonna be in Blood Wars and whatnot, but I, I think Blood Wars looks much more, uh, reminiscent of the first two than than awakening did that's a good thing yeah yeah, yeah definitely a good thing definitely so good. that's what i was i was doing just in, just now but uh other than that recently uh let's see i think on past shows when we have done this segment i said i was working on the neil game and sandman series uh well it only took me like eight or nine months but i finally finished it <laughs> uh which nice. i I highly, oh yeah, I, de- I definitely highly recommend it. I'm not really that much of a comic reader, to be honest. Um, I do prefer, if I'm gonna pick something up, I, I get, uh, uh, entwined by graphic novels more than I do comic books. Um, so this whole series, it's like a four, four volume series of stories, uh, called The Sandman that Neil Gaiman wrote. Um, and then there's a fifth edition a fifth volume that I guess he did with like a, a Japanese collaborator that's very unrelated to the other narrative, but uh, uh, no less compelling. It's really cool. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I've mentioned it before when I brought it up, but I was really, now, now that I've experienced it, the source material, I'm really sad that the, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt championed, uh, film project fell apart, you know, a year oh, or two yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, I hope, I hope somebody goes forward with it because visually and stylistically somebody could do something really, really cool with it. Um, like I'm almost thinking like Guillermo del Toro would, would be very good for it. I don't know if a studio would go that direction. Um, I'm but it sure definitely they said lends they are itself. moving forward. Like even, like even though, uh, Gordon Levitt, you know, dropped from the project, I think they mm-hmm. dropped because of like creative differences and stuff like that. But sure. The impression I got was that the studio was still going to move forward regardless. I, I don't know if they attached somebody or if maybe they're looking for someone now, but it seems like that film will get made eventually. I hope I hope it does. I haven't heard any mutterings or, or seen any news headlines pop up about progress on it, but uh, it's, that's, it, that's, it could be a good product. That's a DC Vertigo thing? Uh, good question. I'd have to double check. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I want to say sure. yes. I think it is. I, I think it's yeah. definitely in the general DC umbrella. I don't know. Yeah, if it's whether it's Vertigo or another one of their like imprints, but yeah, I believe so. That one comes, and then all we need is to get Alan Moore's Swamp Thing made into a movie, and I will be thoroughly thrilled. That would be cool. I actually think Swamp Thing would work better as a series. Like if, if DC wanted to dive into the world of like netflix style series like marvel did i think swamp thing would have a really good home there i can't disagree with that i don't know why but i feel like swamp thing is going to be a thing at some point like i th- I, th- I thought i read somewhere that that movie is moving forward somewhere somehow but i mean is it alan moore's movie or is it a oh no i that yeah that i don't know I mean, yeah. that, that's the whole thing for me, is it like, if they're doing Alan Moore's story, I'm yeah. all for it. If they're just going to go throw some Zack Snyder onto it and say, make <laughs> the thing, I'm not all for that. So Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah, the, the details, I just feel like I saw that headline somewhere. Yeah, I, I hope so, because uh, before Sandman, I did read the arc, the Alan Moore arc, uh, the saga of Swamp Thing, which again was like a five or six volume set, um, which again was really interesting really compelling went off in a lot of different directions at different times but like the first two or three volumes especially just really suck you in um to like the point where i i I had seen the 1980s swamp thing i don't think i ever saw the second one but um it kind of hit alan moore's arc kind of deconstructs swamp thing from the point where what what that what that one movie presents of swamp thing he he kind of undoes his origin story in a way that like makes it irrelevant. Like the point is not to care about the scientist who gets turned into Swamp Thing. It takes it off in the other direction of like, well, Swamp Thing is now a creature and a consciousness on his own, uh, sort of separate from the person he came from. Um, and it goes a, re- a lot of really creative directions. So there's a lot they could do with it. So I, I hope they somebody does something with it someday. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, other than that, uh, oh, has anyone read uh, Ready Player One? Yes. I just I kind of blew through that, and and for me, I don't read very often, and I don't read very fast. Uh, it takes me a while, a couple of weeks, typically, to get through a book, or you know, in the Sandman series, when I find time over several months. But um, 
uh, had a high recommendation uh, from friends of mine for Ready Player One, and uh, picked it up from the library and got through it in about two and a half weeks. Uh, it was really great. I can't wait for the the, the movie next year. I think it's going to be interesting. But just on its own, even as a book, it's really, uh, really original and really creative. Yeah, if you are a fan of 80s culture and video games, you deserve it to yourself to read that book. Okay. There's so many references to, to that time period and, and just video games in general, even. just If you're familiar with some of the gameplay and, and mechanics of video games, I think you'll get a lot of that. And just the 80s references don't hurt either. So is it like a unique story or is it just kind it's of like, like a, a flashback to the video game industry of the 80s or no it's like a it's like a dystopian future where the actual real world is kind of in disarray and the earth is dying and you know all kinds of crap like that and the only solace people have is to get into a virtual reality video game like everybody has stations at their house that they log into the game and they live their lives through the video game okay like to, and, to, to the point where they attend school virtually, but in the virtual world, they go to a classroom where other people's virtual characters, uh, you know, co- co- comm- commiserate in, in that space and a virtual teacher teaches the lesson. Like there's a, there's a lot yeah. of real world operations, if you will, that take place in this virtual medium. Okay. So and instead of like learning science, I get experience points in science. <laughs> I mean, sort I guess of. you're still you're still learning. Like it's it's an actual yeah, yeah. school that teaches and stuff like that. The, the yeah. whole video game part of it. There's the creator of this online world recently dies, and or not recently because I think it's the contest has been going on for a while. I think when the book picks up, but true. I think when he was on his way out, he puts out a video to everyone that's logged in or plays this game, and basically says, "I've hidden three keys in my world. There are certain hints to get them if you can." solve all these puzzles, follow my clues, you get my fortune. Yeah. Like that that's what he leaves. He leaves his entire his entire fortune which is like several hundred billion dollars um because the, the the world has become so integrated with this product and and with this way of doing things that he's become that rich and he's left like control of his company, all like he you know all of his stock, all of his influence to whoever solves the puzzle. Um, yeah. And even for for me, I I liked the adventure aspect of it, the pretext of the video games and the computers and the pop culture references. Uh, I, I guess for me, that was like icing on the cake. That was a way to get me keep reading with with that. But just the puzzle solving aspect to it, the problem solving, the deciphering of everything, the deduction. That had to take place. Um, that is what kept me going. It's it's once you start, it's really hard to put it down. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that would definitely be uh, high up on my list. And this movie is due out early 2018 and is going to be mm-hmm. directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, oh, wow. It, it's actually listed in post production already. Well, I guess they were they were planning on coming out December of 2017, and then they said they said Star episode Wars. eight is coming out. Yeah, that yeah. same weekend. So they pushed yeah. it a couple months to early 2018. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's in post-production, I, I, I mean, I guess there's a lot of special effects, visual effects they need to do, which I, given the story, I can kind of imagine. But if they're in post already, like at the end of 2016, uh, by like November or December 2016, I was seeing it listed in post-production. Okay. I, I mean, 
I don't know. If they would have put it out, if they would put it out in like the fall, like September or October, I think that would be a fine time. But yeah, I think it's listed for like March of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And the other thing, I was just actually talking about this to a friend of mine because he actually started, he was near the end of reading the book. So him and I were talking about it. Um, but just the, the amount of, uh, licensing that they might have to use for this movie because mm-hmm. of all the references that are put in the book. Like, I'm true. really curious to see how that pans out. That's true. Like, it's got like a Wonder Years level of licensing that they would have to do <laughs> for for everything. Although, I imagine to some degree they had to get permission to use some of that stuff for the novel itself. I don't know. I feel like people could write whatever they want. It's just that visualizing it is where you become, like, where it becomes the issue. Uh, yeah, partially. I don't, I don't know the copyright laws well enough, but I imagine if part, if you could make an argument that someone is selling their product in part by naming your copyrighted thing within uh, yeah. its material, that to yeah. some degree they would have had to get sign-offs to to use the things that he did. So and uh, I, and then when you translate that from book to film, there's another world of additional licensing fees and whatnot you have to pay in agreements and and I get all that. But um, yeah, I think it it could be could be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, let's see what I do. Uh, I started watching a show from a couple of years ago that was on TV for like one half season or something. It's called Terra Nova. About yeah. oh, was that the the dinosaur one? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I guess it was on like network TV. It's it's okay it so Fox. far. Yeah, I can kind of see why it didn't why it didn't last. Um, if it was any more than like the thirteen episodes that I see, I probably wouldn't continue on. I'm about halfway through. It, it <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think it was a good idea. It just maybe wasn't in the right place, right time you know, right recipe to be executed well. If that had come out right after Jurassic World, that probably would have been a hit. Yeah, could have been with with different, you know, and maybe not on network TV, not on Fox. Um, I don't, you know, it's okay. It's, it's, I'm going to finish it, but it's all right. Are you (laughs) afraid that they're just going to kind of leave dangling storylines because they never got signed on to a second season and whatnot? Uh, well, I, I don't know the hit, possibly. No, I, I don't, because it's only 13 episodes, I don't know if they got canceled. I didn't look up enough about the or, show. Or, I don't know if they got canceled halfway through get, or if it was a get, mid-season show. Or didn't get picked it up. W- it was a complete season, um, but it did not get picked up for a second season. Okay. That, that would, because they were hour-long episodes and it was, <laughs> you know, a first season go, they didn't give them the full reins to go ahead and make 24 episodes. Okay. It, it was, you know, they're giving them 13, gonna see how it goes for a quarter, mm-hmm. and it, I guess it didn't get the ratings they wanted, and it got axed after one season. Did you, Mike, did you watch it when it was on? Yes. Okay. Oh, alright. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I it, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, it's a show that you sit down and watch, and it's okay. You know, like Josh said, it, it was okay. It, it wasn't something <laughs> where I'm going to be banging down the doors asking for season two, um, like people do with Firefly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that, because it wasn't that level. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good enough, you know. Yeah, so I mean, given that, given all that, you know, Andy, I guess to answer your question, if there if there happens to be 
unresolved storylines or cliffhangers, I probably won't be that tore up about it. Okay. But I'll I'll see it through to the end. Uh, I guess lastly, I finally... I can't believe it took us this long. We, Sarah and I, just finished Luke Cage last night. <laughs> wow. I was actually, when I was putting together my list, I was thinking about this because we did the first impressions and then never went back to get our final thoughts like after we finished the show. Yeah. yeah. I maybe finished so it a couple th- weeks ago. It's it's something that I think we have to do, but it's been so long since I watched it now. I don't remember half the stuff that I watched now. And it's not that I didn't like it. I did like it. I just, I don't know how much of a discussion we'll have because I don't remember too much. Yeah. I mean, it. I remember the final battle with Diamondback and how cool that was. And I'd have to go and watch again to actually have a discussion on it. Uh, well, we're, you know, real quickly, let's just, because Andy, you said you finished it? Yeah. All right. Like, without, again, without trying to get into too many spoilers, just we'll sort of just have our wrap-up discussion now if we want, since we've all actually watched it now and finished it. Because that was the problem. It was like, I think Mike finished it real quick. I might have been the second one to finish it, but I was like weeks later. And then it was like finding anyone else that had finished it to try to talk about it. Nobody else had caught up. So it just kept getting put to the back burner, and now that we're all sort of on the same page, I guess we can sort of try to talk about it at least quickly, if we want. Sure. Go for it. Uh, all right, well, Josh, what did you think of the of the show as a whole, then? Um, it was... Uh, I guess I found, I found myself hooked more at the beginning, and there was maybe this lull that it hit in a big section of of the middle for me mm-hmm. um now i i do easily acknowledge that uh as a 30 year old you know the white guy who grew up in the suburbs of pittsburgh there there's a lot to that the way that they made that show that I was not going to be affected by it in the same way that, uh, you know, just being blatant that like a black viewer was go was going to have, especially one who was maybe in their twenties or thirties or middle aged, who had grown up in areas of New York City or Chicago, or you know, pl- places that you think. When I when I think of like New York City through the seventies or eighties, and there are older black people who experienced the like their formative years during those periods, I can I think I can see this being a show that they would really love. There's yeah. a there's a lot to the character to the history to the 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 community development um that is just you know and by definition it's not going to work for me but that that's okay because it, it doesn't have to i don't always have to be the target demographic that has to be pleased that i'm fine with that um overall i was really uh impressed by the caliber of the writing uh i was really impressed by the caliber of the acting um, I will say, I think I enjoyed Cottonmouth more than I enjoyed Diamond, Diamondback. Yeah, I, I agree. I that. agree. As, yeah. as a, as a villain, as, as an antagonist. Um, but, 
uh, I was surprised by by the end how it kind of came full circle, almost back to the beginning, and so you were like not really sure whether any progress had been made or not. I was just gonna <laughs> say that I, I don't feel like anything really happened. <laughs> like you watched Pop the whole died. season and it was good and it was <laughs> it was intriguing and whatnot, and then at the end you're like, wait, did we just? We went back to go, but we didn't collect $200. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to I put mean, it. I mean, the, yeah. the thing that struck mean. me uh, come the end of the season is that they went the route of leaving Black Mariah uh, alive and out there. And, you know, she's out there to be a villain again. And it's kind of like... I get that there's not a long list of Luke Cage villains. Um, he's not known for his rogues gallery the way Spider-Man is, or Batman is, or a lot of other superheroes have at least one or two. I mean, honestly, they they dug in to you know the first, literally the first couple of comic books that came out from Luke Cage. Those were the villains, you know, and. I don't feel like they needed to leave her to continue on. Because even at what she was, her storyline was good in this, but I felt like it could have very easily just been wrapped up. Um, I don't feel the need to continue with Black Mariah any further. I'd rather see a new villain next time. Um, you know, th th this isn't Loki. This isn't somebody I want to continue to see as a villain for a long term. Give me somebody new. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, and actually one thing, without really getting into specifics, the, the twist that happened like mid-season, like episode 7 or something. Oh, that came from, yeah. I it had no from, idea that was coming. It came from left field. I <laughs> had no clue it was coming either. So that was a fun, I you know, when shows do that to me and, you know, catch me completely off guard with something that sudden, like, I'm, I'm on board for that. I, I enjoy that. Sure. Yeah. So if you think it's getting stale somewhere in the beginning, if you're starting to watch it, see how you feel after the twist in mid-season, and, and hopefully that at least gets you through to the end. So the next we see of Luke Cage, he will be with the Defenders? I think that's... Um, yeah, we yeah, get Iron Fist. Next. Yeah, unless he's part of Iron Fist. Oh, that's true. He could collaborate there. I think he'll, I think he'll show up, because they do have a Heroes for Hire planned. Um... It, so I think we'll we might see him in Iron Fist, but I think the connection between the two of them is really going to be made during Defenders. So I mean that to me, that's where I think they would do it. Yeah, I think that's more likely. Yeah, I, I will yeah, say what... that this isn't really a spoiler, but it was just actually it was something they almost kept they kept teasing at it, and I just wish they would have done it. Is especially like in the last episode or two of Luke Cage. Uh, uh, Rosario Dawson's character Claire keeps saying, "I know these lawyers. I know these lawyers. I know a yeah. lawyer." <laughs> I wish it, maybe maybe not even Matt Murdock, but there was absolutely room for like a five minute foggy cameo. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely would have fit, yeah. w w and honestly, without even being like egregious. Maybe they're leaving that for like the connective tissue for the defender connection. Yeah, maybe. Honestly, Josh, I had the same thought during Jessica Jones, too. Like, every time she ended up at a police station in trouble, it was like, oh, here comes Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, I guess we'll – I wonder if those appearances will become a little bit more common after the Defenders, like after everybody meets each other. And then when they go back to their own shows, maybe they'll pop up a little bit more frequently between shows. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, at this point, point, the only ones that have met are Luke Cage and Jessica. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Who knows what we're going to get out of that after, um, you know. I would say it didn't have the same effect on me uh, as watching the two seasons of Daredevil or Jessica Jones. But it was a good stepping stone to get to... Uh, Iron Fist, and so it hasn't, you know, sullied me from uh, wanting, you know, that next path, so uh, I'm glad we had it. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think it's, I don't, you know, I guess my least favorite out of the three, or the two other series that we had, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, um, I don't know where I'd rank it as far as, like, Daredevil Season 1, Season 2, that kind of thing, but right, right, right. Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I liked getting more of the character. Uh, I'm anxious to see him play off more people. I think he'd he'd work well playing off of like Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock. Yeah, and everybody. He, I I loved his his arc in uh, Jessica Jones season one. Yeah, so. honestly, I mean, even in the comics, he plays Luke Cage's character so close and so well to what Luke is in the comics, and that's what Luke does in the comics. He plays off of other characters in the comics. I mean, the conversations between Luke and Wolverine, Luke and Captain America, that's where he shines. The conversations between Luke and some random person, you know, it's not that exciting. But seeing him in, I don't know, take your pick, Iron Man, at odds with one another and in an argument is fantastic. Yeah. So... I, I think that's the type of thing we want to see. Yeah, Defenders and... will be the the next big thing, I think. I mean, Iron Fist looks to be good, and I'm actually really excited for that one. I think that's, what, March? Isn't that one hitting yeah. March? I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have that to look. And then Defenders is end of next or end of this year, right? Sometime in the fall, like September-ish, maybe? Probably. Yeah, they, that's what they've been doing. It's like spring and then fall. Okay. Well, you figure so... like Jessica Jones was released in November... Of 2015, but I don't think they had... Marvel did not have a November movie release that year. So, 2017, they have Spider-Man in the summer, and they have Thor in November. So, probably September would be a perfect time, like Luke Cage was. Luke Cage dropped in September, because they had Doctor Strange in November. Yeah. So, probably September would be a good time for them to put out Defenders, would be my guess. Yeah. So Iron Fist is what in 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 a month or so? Two months. Probably about two months. Yeah, I I, th- I want to say the date was like March thirteenth, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember something. the number. I know there's a trailer out there that does give the actual release date. I just for the life of me can't remember what date they listed on there. Yeah. When um, it gets closer, I'll look at it and be like, okay, so it's that day that I got to yeah. watch this whole season. Apparently, <laughs> March yeah, so March seventeenth. Yeah, thank God 17. for Netflix releasing okay. an entire season all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, a Season two watcher, of Voltron's so. coming. Oh, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm fucking pumped. <laughs> <laughs> That's in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I caught that trailer today. I'm, I'm getting pretty pumped for that oh, one. Oh, there's a trailer for it already. Damn it. Yeah, I'll send it to you later. Um,. All right, so I think that's probably a good place to wrap up Luke Cage. I think we probably did as good as we're going to get for not having, for some of us not having watched it for like three months. Yeah. I think that's that's it. Um, Josh, did you have anything else? 
Or is uh, that the last one? No, yeah, I'll hand it over. Go ahead. Um, Andy, I want to make sure we get in here with you before you have to jet. Okay. So what did you? What have you been up to? What do you? What do you feel like talking about? Um, been playing a couple of uh, board or slash card games lately. They've been pretty awesome. Um, we picked up uh, Fallout Collector's Edition Monopoly. It's been pretty badass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been pretty cool. Um. The collector's edition has dog meat as one of the tokens you can take around the board, so <laughs> pretty it's been pretty cool. <laughs> does it focus on just like Fallout Four? Or does it touch on all? I think it's all of them because there's Vault Vault One Eleven, Vault One Hundred One, and Vault Thirteen as faces. So okay, which I think encompasses a bunch of them. But I've only played Fallout Four, so I don't really know. <laughs> okay, I, I've only played three, so. <laughs> um, so so that that's been pretty fun, but I mean, there's not much to say about that other than you know it's Monopoly. <laughs> so, yeah, you land on you land on uh, Park Place with a hotel, and you are just fucked. So, <laughs> yeah. and for those who don't know, kids, if you haven't played Monopoly, get out there and do it. Yes, it's fun. It is. It's quite. There's going to be an argument. Yeah, people are going to hate each other afterwards. <laughs> That's the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> That whole do not pass go reference Andy made earlier will make a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's hard to imagine that references like that might skim over people because I feel like Monopoly is one of those things that everyone does, but uh maybe not. Um I also and, love the idea that like some twelve year old is a habitual listener of this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's our target audience. Yeah. What are you talking about? Mm. <laughs> um a card game I got for Christmas is uh, an Archer card game called uh, Once You Go Blackmail. Um, it is a love letter game. I don't know if anybody's played the, the love letter card game. I didn't even no. know that it existed, but I've only played the Archer version of it. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty badass. I would recommend playing it. Strangely enough, there are only 16 cards, but it is a four-player game. Um, huh. I thought so that what was do you odd have as to do? well, <laughs> but you're basically gathering intelligence with these 16 cards, and um, it, so far I'm having an absolute blast with it, and I plan on picking up more of the Love Letter collection. I think there's a Batman Love Letter and a couple other cool ones, like a Christmas one. Maybe are they just like their own separate decks, or do you add those cards? No, to they're the not. Deck ex- they're not have. expansions or anything like that. Okay. So. So, uh, been playing those, been pretty uh, awesome. Also got uh, the um, Collector's Edition of Skyrim. What is that called for Xbox One? Yeah, like the remaster. Uh, yeah, the remaster with all, with uh, you can like mod it up and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to playing all the mods and being able to use lightsabers and Deadpool and all kinds of other <laughs> you know, ridiculousness in, in Skyrim. So that, that should be pretty cool. Did you play Skyrim I, before, or is this the first time you played it? I've seen people play the Skyrim for PS3, but I did not myself play it. I did play a bunch of Oblivion, though, and I'm a fan of Elder Scrolls in general. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I did just start playing without the mods, just to kind of give it a go. I think I only got to, like, maybe the first dragon word or whatever. Um, But it's, it's fun. I like it so far. I, I picked that up myself as well. Uh, just, just honestly, like I, I screwed up when I picked that one up because I, 
played it originally on PS3, and I bought it for Xbox One, and I thought I had played it for 360 so I could transfer, transfer like, your the save, save games y- over yeah. everything. <laughs> Couldn't do it, so yeah, I, I because guess. I was stupid. <laughs> uh, and I'm having to play back through everything just so I can get to a high enough level that the mods will be fun. Yeah, uh, you know, because like it. It, it, like the lightsaber mod. If I get the lightsaber mod, I do not want to have to hack and slash at a, a mu- you know, a mud crab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to have to hack and slash to kill you know insignificant beings in this <laughs> realm. <laughs> so I I want to kind of get there again and see how it goes. But that's a lot of a time investment. And and your time is spent in I'm destiny doing. right now. Yes, it is. But <laughs> oh, that's that's one thing I never really got back into is Destiny. I never, like, the Rise of Iron really didn't intrigue me at all, and I got tired of leveling up all my stuff, so I just kind of gave up on, on Destiny. But the only other thing I el- else I have been doing is I picked up two volumes of He-Man and the Thundercats crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty badass. Nice. I, is that I, all that's out right now? Is just two issues? I, or is there the, more? Third one just came out in December. I have not, I've yet to pick it up, but I recently okay. read these two. Uh, I think I read them yesterday, actually. But um, yeah, pretty awesome. Skeletor and Mumra, both the antagonists for the different worlds. Skeletor for Human and Mumra for Thundercats. Um, pretty badass so far. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, some That's of those nice. crossovers are just so crazy yeah. and weird that you just got to check them out and see what they're like yeah like i I loved watching he-man and thundercats like separately as cartoons when i was younger so when i found out there was a crossover i was like kitty um but i just found out that it's only a six comics um crossover so yeah they're usually short runs i mean i the I want to say they did like four where they crossed over My Little Pony and Transformers. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a thing. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> didn't wait? Didn't they, I see sometime coming up that like Justice League and the Power Rangers are crossing over? Oh good lord! Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah. Okay. It, it, the The only way that I'm ever seeing another Transformers movie is if that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what the ponies have to be the antagonists yeah. <laughs> oh yeah they have to be the bad guys absolutely i want to see some dark and twisted like 1980s tom cruise legend style d- demonic freaking ponies <laughs> <laughs> and then i will go see a transformers movie you so know, me I- I'd be there to watch that one. <laughs> yeah. That's the can't look away thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, do you have anything else or was that it? Um, hmm. I don't know that I have been doing much of anything else. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've took to uh, start rewatching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show on Netflix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I was literally you. doing the Mario. Do the Mario. Take your <laughs> hands from side to side, or whatever he does. You know, <laughs> uh, and it. Oh wow! Yeah, it, quite ridiculous. Um, I can't. I've watched ten or eleven episodes, and they keep taunting me with like the Legend of Zelda cartoons and whatnot. 
are those actually on Netflix in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Or is that something separate? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't was remember. Up a it's been so long since I watched the show. Yourself. But they keep like, they're like, hey, on the next episode of Legends of Zelda, I'm like, show me Zelda, please! <laughs> <laughs> but so it, is it painful to get through? Or oh, is it just it's, like... it's fucking horrible, man. I mean, the cartoons <laughs> are, are not bad. You know, the cartoons are actually pretty enjoyable, but the Mario actor is just, like, the real-life actor is just atrocious. Luigi, I would can you, handle. But the Mario the, guy, I just... The big uh, question, oh, would you rather Lord. watch the TV show or the movie? Ooh. Oh, my TV God. TV show. Uh, drawn and quartered or hanged? I mean, I don't, I don't really... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Burned alive? I can't. I, I don't know. I think I actually read somewhere recently that the, the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to get a Blu-ray release sometime within the next couple months. <laughs> Who, okay, wow. hands up. Who's going to get it? Oh, I don't see any I, hands. <laughs> I, might, I might buy it. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, no. If I can find at, it for like 10 bucks or lower, at I'd least, probably pick it up. At least the movie has Bob Hoskins, and you know what? He's a pretty damn good actor. And John Him Lug and John Leguizamo, I think, John gave Lug it their Lug all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's no fault of them. And Dennis Hopper, you know? Not, not too bad he, a cast, but... Hopper was fucking weird in that movie, yeesh. but... Um... I'm just going to go ahead and say this, Brian. If you buy that, you are encouraging future activity like that from movie companies. <laughs> You're an enabler. I'm still waiting for my Super Mario Brothers 2. I figure if I buy the Blu-ray, maybe they'll do it. You know what? If Luigi jumps and kicks his little feet and hangs in the air a little bit longer because he did it in the movie, I'm all for it, okay? Especially if it's John Leguizamo again. Just, just to see. I mean, they have to, right? They start throwing radish, Why not? radishes at people. <laughs> yeah, throw radishes. The princess can levitate. So I, I love the idea running around that fucking useless. Since since that movie was made, there have been like literally sixty eight other Super Mario games <laughs> at, at like escalating uh, levels of graphics quality. But for some reason, you guys assume that if they were to make a movie sequel, it would have to be based off of. Super Mario Brothers 2, the NES game. <laughs> it's gotta be, you know? <laughs> Can we just go out on a limb here and say that there is zero Super Mario Brothers games that have content that is worthy of cinema? Think about the games that are out there for Super Mario. He goes around collecting stars in Super Mario 64. Super Mario, what is it, Sunshine? He has the vacuum. Uh, where he just kind of sucks shit up into it. I will argue. Um, I will argue. Uh, in terms of being able to craft a storyline, you could turn Super Mario Brothers three into something, because you have a you you have you have an adventure story going from like world to world, different terrains, different geographic settings. You can play with time. Not well, not time travel, but physics in a way if you oh, find warp whistles so what you're saying is you see somebody taking the taming of the shrew and turning into 10 things i hate about you with super mario brothers quite possibly okay <laughs> i definitely I, I, think I, i'm just mansion could be a movie right uh, is that the Luigi one? trying to bust ghosts in a horror type setting? That would totally work. Was that GameCube? That was GameCube, yeah. Uh, I never got yeah. to play that one, but it did look intriguing. I mean, Mario is missing. 
it, where you just kind of roam streets. <laughs> there you go. John Leguizamo headlighting Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I think honestly I think the next Mario movie should be a Mario Kart movie. There you go. Or Smash Brothers. What what would the what would the plot be? Of which one? Either. It with a Smash Brothers and Mario Kart movie. I, I was thinking along the lines of like what they did with the Resident Evil movies that were CG, and I think you could make an awesome movie out of that for Smash Brothers. Um, okay. Live action, though, I think you're just asking for a disaster one way. <laughs> um, well, what if Mario Kart was more like uh, uh, Fast and the Furious? <laughs> Sold. With, with all the colorful characters driving the cars? Oh, hell yes. Sold. So, so long as I have a red shell that seeks out the person in front of you and blows up their car or something, I'm all for it. <laughs> Mario Kart without a red shell, I'm not in. <laughs> and, and you you got to get the battle mode in there too, right? Oh, the yeah. The balloons? <laughs> yeah, pops and balloons, yeah. I mean, it would essentially be like Mad Max, but with... Yes, yes, that. Know, oh, there we go. Or silly <laughs> weapons. Yeah, you, you said Mad Max. I, I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> That's it. That's Fast the movie. Fast and Furious... Mad Max uh, composite meets Mario Kart. I want it now. <laughs> Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you could take everything you have in your pocket right now, and they could probably find a way to make it for that. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not giving that a budget. Uh. Um, all right, so Andy, do we uh, finish up on all your stuff? Because I think you're going to have to get going. Yes, yes. Yep, I, I got to everything I think I've been doing lately. All right. Well, then this is where we shall leave you. Okay. Thank you for having me on. It was fun as always. And I will talk to you guys later. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Take care, sir. Take it easy. All right. Andy is gone. So, Mike, I guess it's down to you and I. Would you like to go or do you want me to go? I'll go. Yeah, the show can, the the host can go last. That's customary, I would think. Fair enough. Um,. Well, what, I, what I've what i been doing lately, as you know, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. Um, yes. For those who don't know, Destiny's a video game. Been out for quite some time, three, four years now. Um, it's a pretty awesome game. Been spending way too much time with it. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike and I have been playing a bunch of other games, and then uh, I think we, we were talking somehow about Destiny. I was actually talking to Destiny, I think, about to somebody else. And then Mike started questioning me about it, and as he was questioning me about it, he goes, okay, we'll figure it out later, I'm downloading it now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get bored with games, I don't want to say quickly, because, you know, quickly would not be the correct statement for, like, Star Wars Battlefront, because I put 120 hours or something into that game. (laughs) Um, Or Battlefield, which I've already probably put 60 or 70 hours into, something like that. You know, yeah. um, so I wouldn't say it's quickly, but it, you know, I do that in a short period of time because I don't work a whole lot this time of year. Business gets kind of slow and I needed something new and you were talking good things about destiny. So I just kind of had to get in on it, um, to give everybody a general idea, uh, that amount of time of my life I'm wasting on this game. <laughs> Brian said that, uh, another friend of his picked it up and it took him about two months to get to, uh, a certain level in the game you needed to be to do everything. Uh, I think I covered that in about eight days. 
Um, yeah, you've been moving pretty is, good. Yeah, I'm I'm up to 374. So I, I'm moving pretty quick, I think. But you know, uh, it's a fun game. There's not a whole lot to be said about it at this point. It's not new. There's nothing <laughs> exciting as far as newness goes there. I mean, you um, say that, but there's a lot of people I feel like that still, like like you, have picked it, came to the game late. Well, not late, but I mean like just after everybody else and, and has now started to pick it up and get into it and try, again, trying to catch up, I guess, to all of us that have been playing for a while. Yeah, and I think a lot of that had to do with when the game came out, it got very meager reviews. Um, when it first came out, just because it was, they say, you know, kind of the same complaints there were about Battlefront, about it being an incomplete game. Yeah. Um, at launch, and people weren't really a fan of that, and now that it was a complete game, I was willing to give them less than the original purchase price for all of the content that they had put out through the years. Um, yeah, that's a good thing if you wait it long enough, at least a year probably for games. You can get all the the, the game, all of the additional content for probably half as, half the price of the original game. So if you don't yes. mind waiting, you can you can capitalize on these deals that they have later on in the life cycle of the game. Yes. And speaking of games, there is one that you know, it's not what I'm doing right now, but it is what I will be doing for a large portion, I want to say, of next week. Um, because Resident Evil 7 does come out. And if you like horror movies, if you like horror video games, survival horror, anything like that, go out and pick this game up, or at least play the demo and see what you're in for. This is an entirely different direction for the Resident Evil series. It's not going to be third person this is a first person game it's very creepy it's going to be incredible at least that's what the demo was <laughs> um the, you know the demo is the type of game it feels like very similar to an old silent hill game but more tension i would say you know you're you're afraid to take every turn in this game every corner you're coming around you're actually like hesitant like trying to peek out before you turn that corner, it, just because this creepy-ass dude that's walking around this old house in the woods might be there to bash you in the skull with a wrench. Um, <laughs> and So is it not zombies? Well, we don't know a whole lot of that yet. Okay. There, there is a monster of some sort in the basement. Um, yeah, okay. But in the demo, you don't... You know, they're being very tight-lipped. You know, it looks similar to something that appeared in Resident Evil Revelations. Um, okay. But there is no confirmation on any part about whether it is one of those or it's something else. Um, and there's also no confirmation that what takes place in the demo isn't a hallucination because you do wake up in a room where you were tied to a chair. You know, like the intro cinematic is, you know, how you're tied to a chair in a room and how a dying friend cuts your hands loose is how the game starts. And then you pass out and you wake up in this room alone by yourself. You don't know what's going on. So you don't, without knowing more of the story, it's hard to say whether there is going to be zombies or not. There's definitely something wrong with these people. Right. Um, but you don't know what exactly. So. Okay. Gotcha. 
Soon, I hope to find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll check in later and see what you think of the game later. Yeah. I, I mean, as a demo goes, it was actually incredibly in-depth for what it was. There was actually, like, I want to say four or five different endings to the demo that you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there was several different ways to accomplish a task. Basically, you wake up in the room and they're like, get out of the house. They don't give you any instruction on how to do it, what to do, anything like that. It's just, get out of the house. And there's several different ways you can do it. Some of them have bad endings, some of them have good endings. You know, and very interesting in that respect. Um, I'll move on from that since there's not a whole lot to say more about it at this point. Um, I did pick up, as I stated, I think before the show, and start reading the Ahsoka novel. Um the new Star Wars canon. Uh, I'm only about a chapter in, so I once again, this isn't something I can say a whole lot about. Yeah. But it is something that I'm getting into. Um, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, it was one of the highest reviewed, is why I kind of, I was thinking I was going to go with Lords of the Sith next, but I kind of shifted gears and said, you know what, let me read the Ahsoka novel. Um, so I'm, I have high hopes for it. I love the character, so hopefully... It's done justice in this book. Yeah. Um, and for any who are interested and into it, the new season of Sherlock uh, started this past weekend. First episode came out. Uh, if you watch the show, you know Moriarty's back. But I'm not going to give any spoilers on what happens in the first episode. Yeah, don't because it's out on there the DVR. Watch it for I yourself. Gotta, I still got to watch it myself. Have you watched the first three seasons? Have you finished them up? Yes, actually, that was I was actually going to bring that up. I think when you know when it got to my turn because I think it was prior to Doctor Strange. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch some Cumberbatch stuff. So okay. I decided to do that one. I didn't finish the 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 first three seasons before Doctor Strange. I did finish them after Doctor Strange come out. Um, but yeah, the first three seasons I thought were phenomenal, and I was really excited to see season four was coming. I actually didn't know it, when it was coming out or where to watch it, so I just kind of figured that out the other day. Oh, okay. So I think the second episode is this Sunday, right? I think. Well, I believe so. I thought it was. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So yeah, hopefully yeah, this weekend I... I can catch up on the first two. Yeah, they. You know, it, it's one of those things that they are hour and a half episodes. You do got to have some time to sit down and watch one. Um, but uh, did you catch the Abominable Bride? Uh... That that was. Last year they did, it's a standalone one-shot, I mean, same thing, movie-length episode. Um, You gotta buy that, like, you either gotta find it separately or buy it separately. I think it is on Netflix. I was gonna say, Um, I think there is a standalone episode on Netflix. I haven't watched it. If that's the one you're referring to, if that's the title of it, then no, I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, I would watch that before you start watching the new season. Yeah, it okay. does. It it possibly could have implications. It, it's not, you know, it is a Sherlock full on deal. It's a take on it, but I think they're going to tie into it personally. Okay, fair enough. Um, have you watched all that stuff, Josh? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, really enjoy it. it, it it's very, it's very good television production. You know, there's not a whole lot from from the BBC that actually keeps my attention. Um, I mean, friends recommend things all the time, and it just it doesn't gel very well with me. But um, the writing about Doctor Who, 
uh, <laughs> a little bit and just, I mean, just in general, I mean, not, not to say that it's not, you know, not to say that BBC and, and Great Britain aren't making, you know, good things. It just doesn't strike the right chord with me a lot of the time. Fair <clears> enough. <throat> but, um, yeah, Sherlock. And, and to be fair, it, it, I think it's like, it's kind of the same attraction that like Sheldon has on Big Bang Theory. There, there's definitely something in the neuroticism of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of Sherlock that draws you to him and keeps you uh, wanting it. And, and then it's just, it's very smart. It's very smart writing, you know, the, for, for anybody to be able to, it's almost like all those, all those scenes are like, reverse engineered you know if they want to write this two minute monologue of of sherlock explaining how he deduced something the amount of knowledge someone has to have about it you know they have to come up with that on their own this isn't just an actual human who thinks and knows all these things you know some writer in a room thought that a human could observe all these things around him and about other people just by all these little clues and all these little subtleties and um it, it it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, there, there is a good bit of it drawn from the Sherlock Holmes novels. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stories are direct, at least in the first few two seasons. A lot of the story uh, stories are directly linked to stories that were told. You know, well, I guess that's 160 years ago or so. The first time, yeah. Um. And, you know, like the, the Hound of Baskerville episode was, to me, one of the weakest episodes they did, but it played very close with a modern storyline to what the original story as it was told. Um, and if you look at the titles of the episodes, you'll see which ones actually are based directly on old stories, because you can... Obviously, go get a list of all the old Sherlock stories and read the ones tied to the episodes um, to see how they compare. And it, and it, you can't say enough. Honestly, Sherlock gets you to watch, but Martin Freeman, as John Watson, <laughs> keep, he keeps you there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, the, the two of them play off of each other so damn well that you can't not watch this. Yeah, when it's you know, it you wouldn't think they would do so well together, but. It, surprisingly, they are perfect on screen together. It's... John Watson's kind of a badass. Like I, yeah. I was a little surprised how much of a badass he is in that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's it, it's part of what makes it fun is that Sherlock really actually is too. When it comes down to like hand to hand combat, the guy's actually trained and everything, and he kicks the hell out of people when they that's... actually attempt it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's. It's got its action, it's got its everything going on. So, to anybody who hasn't watched it, get with it, get with the program. Um, and it, Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the hottest things going out there these <laughs> days, so. He is dreamy. <laughs> and it, I didn't mean it in that sense, but yes, you know, it, he, he is dreamy. And I, I think it's it's not as, um, it doesn't seem as high of a barrier of something to get into as a lot of things, like you mentioned Doctor Who, like that's, I've said it before, like it's one of the main reasons I, I haven't really dived into that. You know, I, I do like science fiction. I probably would enjoy it 
it's hard to jump into something that's 10 years old already. Yeah. You know, I people tell me the same thing about Supernatural or you know even even shows from the 90s that I never really got into. Like my wife would love me to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer with her. It's like 6 7 <laughs> 8 seasons. Like it's just it's it's too much when I can just start something fresh brand new that just got produced and I can be with it from you know start to finish or or something. Um, but Sherlock, yeah, the, the episodes are long, but each season, each series is only three episodes. Yeah. So you get, it's only like four to five, four to five hours for each season. And then there's only three, three seasons. And then the one abominable bride special and that's it. Yeah. Right now you've got 11 episodes that have ever been made of this show. Yeah. And... It, that does not seem very daunting to find time to watch 11 episodes. Whereas catching up on Game of Thrones is probably 80 hours of time that I have to find space for. At this at this point, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a much, it's not necessarily that you don't want to catch up on Game of Thrones. It's, that's a daunting task. It's like, it, it begins to feel like homework. And... <laughs> I, I don't like it when shows end up that way. You know, yeah. it, it, like, you have to watch it, otherwise you're never going to catch up. And it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I get, I feel like I get behind on those because it's too much. You know, like, I'm never going to catch up, so why start? Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, Brian, what are you actually spending your time on as opposed to the stuff that you're not getting to? Uh, well, I guess that would sort of get into my list. Mike, yeah. are you done, or do you have other stuff? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it right now. Okay, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, no, you do. Yeah, I mean, as far as I, I have been playing some games. Obviously, I've been playing a lot with Mike. Uh, we've been doing Battlefield Destiny. I picked up a couple games that were on sale for Christmas. Uh, I played a little bit of Just Cause Three. Um, which is just dumb, stupid fun of just go to a. Uh you know, Mexican city island town thing and just cause massive destruction and that's how you progress through the game. So I'm totally down with that. Um I also picked up Far Cry four. I think that was it was that game with all the DLC that was on sale, so I picked that one up because I've been wanting to play that. And actually haven't had time to play that one yet. I've been distracted with too many other games that I keep coming back to. So but at least I have it. Like I'll I'll get to it eventually. Um and then uh as far as what I've been watching, I think that's probably a little bit more interesting than the games. Um, I did start watching, I guess going back to the, the whole Benedict Cumberbatch thing that I was trying to <clears throat> absorb prior to Doctor Strange. I did Luke, or I did Sherlock, and then uh, Imitation Game was on Netflix with him and yes. uh, Kira Knightley. Uh, so that was a really good movie. I, I really liked that one. Um, about like, I watched that too. That was what the code breaking, I think, in World War Two. Yeah, they were code breaking the Enigma machine. Yeah, that's yeah. So I thought that was really well done, and I don't, I don't know. There was like I've sort of been on a kick lately of like based on a true story type movies. Um, okay. and I think I I mentioned it maybe the last time we did this, but like I'd watched Straight Out Compton at one point, which was really good. I liked that one. Uh, the one that I watched within the last week that I really enjoyed that was actually like 
I think I think it was like one for best screenplay and maybe best drama last year or 2015, not last year. Um, was Spotlight? Did anybody see Spotlight? Yeah, that was really Spotlight. good. Spotlight. Which one was that? Spotlight was uh, the Boston Globe breaking the story on the Catholic Church and all the priests that, mol- that were molesting kids. Yeah, I did watch that. That's uh, what's his name? Uh, the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo's <laughs> yeah. in there. Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams. Uh, yeah, that was. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed that one. I think I think the story built up pretty well from like them just trying to research this one thing and how it grows exponentially into something a lot bigger than anyone thought it was, and and how they deal with a lot of those realizations and how they get the story together and stuff like that. So I, it, it's odd. Like it's not one of those movies I feel like I'd want to watch. A, like going into it, that I'd want to watch again. But immediately when I was done watching it, I'm like, well, shit, I have to watch this again. I have to show this to other people. I must find reasons <laughs> to watch this. Nice. So I haven't um, done that yet, but I, I did like it enough that I feel like I need to watch it again. Another good one in that same ilk uh, is The Big Short. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I did watch that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a fantastic movie. That one, I think, for um, me, took a little bit to get going because, like, it was the way it's edited and the story is put together in the beginning of the movie is a little bit hard to get on board with. Yeah. Yeah, like it, I, would, it's, I would agree. It's cut up a little bit weird, and the way they start to tell the story is a little bit... is It's unique. Um, so I think It all makes much the... more sense the second time. Yeah. yeah. That one I watched the second time just to make more sense of everything at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so. I did... I think, yeah, the first time through, I think after like 10 or 15 minutes, I was I was in, and it was fine the rest of the way. But yeah, that was another one I actually really liked, too. That was Adam McKay, I think, directed that, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's normally like Will Ferrell jokey movie and like does something pretty serious that actually worked pretty well. Yeah. He got a few good jokes in there too. I oh, mean, yeah. The whole let let's cut to Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain <laughs> this. Um, you know, like he, he got his jokes in. Yeah. He did. Well, I think he it I think he was you could tell he was passionate about the subject matter. He uh I I remember in the years Following the financial collapse, he was somebody who was very, from Hollywood, was very vocal about his feelings about it. And I think even in the, not the big short, um, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Did he, do you remember if he uh, directed, I'm going to look it up. Did you? Did he direct The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? I want to say yes, because I'm assuming most Will Ferrell movies are directed by Adam McKay. This is true. Um, I'm going to be there in two seconds. Yes, he did. Um, I, so that movie came out in 2010 and I remember towards the end of that movie, it took this kind of sharp right turn, um, in talking about like the plot kind of ended, uh, related to the financial collapse, even though it wasn't really integral to the rest of the movie. And then during the credits, um, there, there was, you know, a lot of editorial about the impact of the financial markets and, and what had happened. And it, it just, it didn't really fit with the rest of the movie. And I, I thought it was a little strange, but, um, he's obviously had strong feelings about it for, you know, these many years. So when he had the chance to take on that project. You could tell it was, it was a passion project for him and it came out really well. 
Right, yeah. I felt that even watching Spotlight, like I can't remember who directed Spotlight, but I felt like they were really invested in the material, and I think that's why that movie turned out really well. Definitely. Um, two other movies that I checked out. I finally got around to watching Spectral, which was the Netflix movie. Um, I can't remember who else is who else is in that. Uh, Bruce Greenwood I know is in it, and uh, isn't um uh oh I always I always mix them up. Not Emily Watson. Um, Emily Mortimer. Emily Mortimer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How was so that's it? Like I, with... I saw it. I, I saw it on the list, but I didn't get to watch it yet. How was it? It. I liked it. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Okay. Um. I think I maybe like. I don't know if it felt a little bit less of a. I don't know. Maybe I expected a little bit more big budgety stuff. Like the effects and stuff were really well. Okay. Um. But I think a lot of the set pieces didn't feel as big as I wanted them to be. It had a little bit of. If anybody has seen. Uh, Battle L.A. with Aaron Eckert yes. about the alien invasion and stuff like that. It has that kind of feel, I think, to it. Okay. Where it's real kind of like boots on the ground, smaller squad, like you're seeing it from the soldier's point of view and what what's happening and them trying to figure it out. I was hoping the end of the movie would end up like Ghostbusters, but just like army people. Hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it didn't go that way. Oh, okay. Still um, worth a watch, the... though? Yeah, I'd say check it out if you're interested. Okay. Okay. Um, it didn't, like I said, it just, it didn't end the way I thought it would. It didn't, but like, as far as the effects and like the ghost spectral things that happened, I thought all that stuff I thought was really, really cool. Um, and then the last movie I got around to seeing, which I don't know if we'll actually do a main review on it, like devote a half an episode or something to it. So I'll just touch on it now was Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I saw it. I did not see it yet. I mean, it it was good. I don't understand why it's getting a lot of hate. Like it's it's being bashed by everybody. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I don't think it does much. That's like this is the greatest. You know, the video game movies are going to catch on now. This is this is going to go <laughs> forward, and everyone's going to follow this template. No, I don't no. think it's that that tier yet. Um, if you're fans of the games, I think you'll appreciate it a little bit more. Um, they don't spend enough time probably in the Spanish Inquisition era that you would like. Like, if you're going to the movie to see assassin stuff, you're not going to get a lot of it, or maybe as much as you'd want. Um, all that stuff I thought was really well done. I thought it was shot fairly well. There's a lot of quick cuts and some shaky camp stuff that didn't sit well with me, but what they were trying to choreograph and do all looked really cool, and that's what I wanted from an Assassin's Creed movie. Um they leave it open, so I don't know if they're going to do another sequel or, or first sequel, because um, I don't think this made a lot of money. So who knows if that'll ever get continued. Um, but Josh, not really having played the games, what did you think of the movie? I was just going to say throw throw my two cents in from sort of an unbiased position on it. Um, I thought it was watchable as a movie, but I. Not that I found it boring, but I found it surprisingly linear. Okay. In that... uh, I'll try to keep it unspoilery for Mike. Um, There's periods where it just... It it basically... It's like... I wouldn't say episodic, but it goes from the present day part of the narrative where he's... The pre, you know present day Michael Fassbender is locked up by the company using him, and then they 
put him in the machinery to access his ancestor. And then you get a couple mm-hmm. of minutes of the narrative of his ancestor. But all all the stuff that's happening with the ancestor, that that's what was like a chapter. Like, the, the whole point is the people in the present are trying to gain knowledge about something that happened in the past so that they can do something in the present. So every time he goes back into the past, it's just like the next piece. But I guess I, I, I didn't think that every every piece that they were showing you from the past it wasn't like a revelation you weren't learning anything that you had to understand to get to the next step to unravel to they were just showing you the next piece of the story that had already happened yeah you know and so inevitably about halfway through, I realized, oh, okay, well, every time they do this, they're just going to eventually get to the point in time where they want to see the piece of information they're looking for, and then the present-day narrative will continue forward, which exactly what happened. And then, like you said, at the at the end, it definitely leaves right off for yeah. for a sequel with nothing really having been gained? Yeah. So I got yeah, like I said, I, for me it was watchable, but I, I don't know as as a non gamer, I, I I didn't think it was that spectacular. Yeah, and it's a little bit sad because they a lot of times movie studios take a video game property and they do with it what they will, and a lot of times it's against what the video game company has in mind for that property. This movie was made in conjunction with Ubisoft, who makes the games, and yet this movie still turned out the way it did. So I don't know, like, I don't know if, I don't want to say video game properties are not able to be made in movies, because I think there's there's a way to do it, just people haven't done it right yet. Well. But the fact that they had the video game studio involved in this, and it's they still couldn't crack that code, is kind of, you're just kind of left going, well, what do they need still to be able to crack this code and make a good video game movie? I have the answer to that question. It's a very easy answer. Offer it up. Let let Joss Whedon direct <laughs> a Bioshock movie. <laughs> Turn it over to somebody like Joss Whedon or J.J. Abrams. Somebody that can delve into it the proper way. That knows how to make the right movie. Or I mean, think about what a lot of superhero movies were before Joss Whedon got involved. Right. So you think um, it's just director? There's just they just haven't found the right pairing well, director, of property and production, director. I mean, it, it, what what video game movie have they made that they put somebody like Joss Whedon or J.J. Abrams or Spielberg behind? I mean, they 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 really haven't, and it's because of that stigma on the video game movies, thanks in part to Super Mario Brothers. Uh, among <laughs> others, Mortal Kombat, etc., etc., so on down the list. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard, but if you take a property that has the rich, unique storyline like Bioshock, Mass Effect, um, to a lesser extent, but still there, Fallout, um, take something that has its own unique but still doable storyline. You know, I mean, a lot of the games that have that are very much dystopian games. Um, 
and go with it. I mean, it's there for them to do. Yeah, the only problem with that is, like, a lot of those games, especially something like Mass Effect, like, as much as I love that game franchise and I would love to see a Mass Effect movie, the amount of story that they put in one game, which you can play for 40 to 60 hours, I don't know how much they can fit it into a two-hour movie. Right. And I think, for me, I know that's probably a big part of the reason that they're keeping me out of their market for their movies in in a way because a lot of the stuff for the last 15 years has already been so cinematic in scope to begin with that you have to condense yeah. and crunch it but it also i mean my it feels to me like what 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 comic book movies suffered from for so long like from the late 90s to the early 2000s like basically up to like batman begins was they they cared too much about fan service yeah. That that's what the movie was was just 2 hours of fan service. And to some degree it felt like Assassin's Creed might have been going for that too much. There was actually a lot of times when they would just name drop things from the game. I feel like just to so it's like, "Oh, remember this from the game? This is what it's called." Right. And and from what <laughs> I heard that 3 or 4 times. And from what people have told me like this Spanish Inquisition main storyline like that is one that is one of the assassin's creed games correct sort uh, of maybe romano would probably be able to ju- uh confirm that for you better i don't remember what decades or, or time Pierce. periods they've actually covered um well as far as i know the answer to that is no oh okay because if, if, it, if it had been my one of my suggestions would have been i i think with video games they try to adapt the storyline of an existing game too much like in the same exact like like they did with comic books like here's one story we're just gonna make a movie out of that just make an original story for this property that happens to be a cinematic story as opposed to a video game story um i mean if they did that with this okay um but i just yeah i think there's a lot of of uh learning curve that they still need to find yeah and maybe they're picking like sort of the wrong property to do like i think the you know to your credit like what you were sort of setting up josh like being able to craft a different story but still using sort of like the framework of the games the framework of the games that work well are the ones that have characters that people invest in assassin's creed even though i've played a couple of games the main character isn't usually someone that i'm really invested in i think something like mass effect or the uncharted series you get so tied up in those characters and their personalities and how they play off each other that if you just take those people and put them in a different setting, not necessarily following the story of a game, but craft a story in that universe using these characters, I think that would work better. And I don't yeah. know if that's something that they've done before. Uh, Uncharted would be right at the top of that list because every Uncharted game feels like a whole new experience. And it's, you know, it's very Indiana Jones-esque. Yes. You know? So yeah. it's it has that ability to just be its own thing that they just go, okay, so they did El Dorado, they did, you know, this, that, the other. Go do something else that he's chasing after this time. Yeah. Um, that, that could absolutely work. And on the note of, I mean, do we honestly think that Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans get made if God of War wasn't such a success? <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I had some... God of War would make a hell of a movie if they did it right. I was that's just talking to somebody at, somebody at work where they, they were suggesting that Kratos should have just been in Clash of the Titans and just called it the God of War movie. <laughs> sure. It, it could have worked. I mean, that... that in, you know, now it would feel like wrong to do a God of War movie. You know, it wouldn't feel right because of that. Yeah, now it feels but, like God of War is copying Clash of Titans. Clash of the Titans. Right. And say, I mean, if you look back at the old stuff, essentially they kind of were, but the old things were so god awful that <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of games out there that could be transmitted into movies, and I want to say a Gears of War movie is in the making. Um, you know, it's that very early pre-production stage, and it's something I, I feel like that's another game they could tell a small story in. You know, yeah. just lay the groundwork of what's going on with the war, what's happened to the Earth in, you know, a prologue, and move on into the battle that an individual group that they choose to follow is fighting. Yeah, if they if they set up the first movie as, like, investing in characters and building the characters and that just barely sets up the story or the big, like, trilogy story arc or something, and then two and three hit them harder with the story now that your characters are developed, I think that would work a lot better. Mm-hmm. There you go. We cracked the code. Cracked the code, Hollywood. Call us up. We'll craft you a story. Yeah, I want to say Christopher Nolan cracked that code, and we're just repeating the same thing for video games. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you think if it's like... if it's out there, it'd be a little bit easier for them to follow that code too. But if we have to tell them, hey, we'll do that. It's Hollywood, man. You're gonna get whatever they think is going to make money. Well, yeah, that's true too. And there's always going to be somebody in that room that knows absolutely nothing about what they're doing. That's going to have a lot of money behind it and all the input. Yep. So Yep, yep. That's everywhere. That's that's work, that's Hollywood, that's That's the world, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so I had one other thing that I've been watching that uh I've been trying waiting to get into it. It took me a while. I finally got around to watching all 10 episodes of Westworld. Oh, um, did anybody okay. else watch watch Westworld or get into it or, at all? I would put that as something that's in my queue. Uh, okay. Uh, Josh, did you get around to that at all or no? I did not, but uh, unfortunately she is not around, but Sarah did. She watched the whole series. Yeah, okay. All right, you got to catch up then. Because uh, I, do, I do think, like, if other people wanted to watch it, that's definitely something I'd do an episode on, because I thought that series was really, really well done. Okay. Um, okay. I think... I'm glad that I didn't watch it like as it was going on like week to week because I think at that point in between the weeks I would have like been looking for answers online. And <laughs> from what I I listened to a uh, a podcast where they talked about the series as a whole where some of the people did that and basically a lot of the fan theories that people were throwing out there early after like the first couple episodes turned out to be right by the end of the series. Now if I would have read that stuff after 3 episodes in and then by the time I got to the end being like, "Oh, I read this." Like, I feel like that would ruin the viewing experience for me. So because I stepped away from all that stuff and I just watched it episode to episode, not really looking for theories or why, what stuff's happening, what kind of makes sense, um, the twists were intact for me when they happened, and I enjoyed the show a lot more because of it. That's good to know. Okay. That that means, very simply, start watching it. Do not look at spoilers in any way. Don't don't look at anything that could spoil anything once you do. Yeah, um, I think that would be a good way to do it. If you if, Again, if you like... 
keeping that stuff intact. If you're one of those people that likes to speculate and like to look up theories and stuff like that and see before it happens, then by all means, go ahead and look that stuff up. But me personally, I enjoyed the experience not knowing any of that stuff going in. Um, and it it's, I don't want to say it ends on a cliffhanger. I think it ties up pretty well for a first season. Um, I think that I think I read too, that the second season isn't coming until 2018. So there's a while to go to finally, you know, if you want to catch up on it, you don't have to do it right now. You got a while to wait for the next Sherlock one. all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say I watched those original nine episodes of Sherlock the first time two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a wait. Um, but yeah, the, it, it's, it's one I've been interested in, uh, with Westworld. I just, you know, they haven't got around to sitting down and watching it yet. You know, it's, but yeah, for anyone that doesn't happen. that doesn't know what it is, it's like um, I, I sort of keep describing it as sort of like Jurassic Park, but instead of dinosaurs on an island, it's robots in a uh, Western setting. Like there's, it's I guess somewhere in the future where a corporation or company has made a Western civilization that's inhabited by these robot android personalities that each one is set up and programmed to follow their own story, their own narrative. And then guests pay to come to the, the Westworld park. Um, and as they walk through, they can pretty much do whatever they want. They can shoot and kill or have sex with as many of these robots as they want. Um, and then whatever happens to the robots, they fix them up, they put them back in rotation, and then the next guest can come in and possibly interact with them or not. It's just, you know, it depends on the, the quote-unquote player uh, when they're in there. And then there's certain rules set up where the robots cannot harm human beings and, and that kind of thing. and um, Early on in the show, something happens where the ro- the robots start to behave a little bit differently, and then that becomes one of the mysteries of the show, and it builds from there. Um, and by the end, there's all kinds of shit that happens. <laughs> so chaos theory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, again, I'd love to get into detail. So if you guys want to watch it, if you get around to it, let me know. We can come back to, to talk about specifics, but it definitely has a high recommendation for me. So, if anybody out there wants to check it out, I highly recommend it. Cool. Excellent. Good to know. So, that's all I got. I will um, I will leave one quick last note only because the episode that we were recorded last week. Uh, so, Brian, if you remember, one of like the first five episodes, I think, of Brian Guy and his Super Friends, we did a um, movies for the rest of 2015 you're looking forward to. And okay. on my list was a movie called The Walk, with uh, uh, <laughs> by Ro- directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. as uh, the French as the French tight wire walker who like broke into the twin towers in the seventies right before they officially opened and strung up a high wire between them and and walked across it. Uh, and this was in like 1974 or something. Um, well, I finally got around to watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good movie. I actually liked that one. Yeah, it was. It was I pretty did not cool. Watch it. I refused to watch it in 3D because I think it would freak me the fuck out. Because <laughs> some of those angles are specifically shot for 3D. So if you see it in like one of those 3D or premium format theaters, like oh my god. Yeah, I can imagine that. Josh, I actually think I found your list now that you mention it. <laughs> I, I don't have anything listed for your number 10. Okay. But Monsters 2 was number 9. 
Okay. Inside Out was eight, number eight. Uh huh. Pitch Perfect two was seven. Okay. The Walk was six. Okay. Jurassic World was five. Mm, all right. In, Insidious Chapter three was four. Good. Spectre was three. Uh. Crimson Peak was two. Mm. Age of Ultron was one. Was one. All right. Well, I've other. I don't remember what number ten was either, but uh, I have now officially cleared that list. <laughs> yeah, that'll be like what we all these lists that we make up, like prepping for the year to come. I'm sure there's some of them. I, of course, I'll have to go back and try to find the list that we did last year to see if. And that's something maybe if we get together and talk about last year's list to see if there's anything anybody didn't watch that they put on their most anticipated. Uh huh. Because I'm sure there's some that people missed. Oh, I I, I, cram, but, I crammed some last minute ones in in, in like the last two days of of December, so I ticked everything off mine. <laughs> yeah, there's still I think one or two that I want to try to fit in before we get to that episode too. They're on my list. I still need to watch. I actually just watched uh, the Jungle Book today. <laughs> okay. So I finally fun. got around to watch. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I don't know if it'll make my top ten, but it was pretty good. Um, but as far as this episode, I think that is where we'll finish this one. Um, so, uh, if you've enjoyed the show and you keep coming back to listen, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five star rating and review. That will really help us out. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show so we can keep coming back to, uh, invade your ear space. Uh, you can also find us on, find us on Facebook. You can search for Bry Guy and his super friends or go to www.facebook.com slash superfriends. That's our Facebook page. Leave us a comment, questions, like us, whatever you would like to do. We'll be there. Uh, and on behalf of Mike, Andy, Josh, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.